Hey, what's up, guys? This is Rinald Tabamo. I'm a tattoo artist, and if you want to pursue your passions, then you should be following and listening to People's Coach Podcast with my good friend, Angelo Lilac. Maybe you're thinking, ah, it's too late for change. You're already established, and life is good, but it's definitely not great. Welcome to The People's Coach, your guide to living with more purpose and fulfillment. This is how life optimization should be. Brought to you by our host, Angelo Lilac. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to The People's Coach. I'm Angelo. I'm your host. And before we get things started, make sure that you're following us on iTunes. If you haven't already, please leave us a rating and review and help us grow this movement. If you want more information, you can visit me at angelolilock.com. Welcome to the show. He is one of Chicago's finest tattoo artists. Him and I go back all the way through high school. So I've seen him draw, do his very first doodle. And then if you look at his Instagram today, he's been able to tattoo some awesome people. You look at his designs and he's evolved from that doodling high schooler I knew to a man who is so wise. And uh, I'm excited to bring him on here. Uh, without further ado, Rhino, what is going on, brother? Hey, wow, what an introduction, man. Thank you so yeah? much. You like that? <laughs> yeah, I'm not famous though. Don't give me too much credit here. I'm just oh, uh, you somewhat known in a niche, you know, market but uh i'm just a regular guy <laughs> oh you, you yeah. playing the, he's playing that humble card everyone but uh anyways <laughs> why, why don't you go ahead and tell people a little bit a little bit about you um i talked a little bit about how we knew each other from high school but go ahead and tell people a little bit about who you are and what you do okay well i mean just to make it brief i mean i, I came from a, a filipino american family and uh you know kind of pressured into being a nurse from like birth, you know? Um, yeah. But I've always kept my hobbies as uh, it all started with uh, playing drums, uh, playing in a band. I play guitar. Um, I was just wild and uh, got inspired by WWE and um, yes. And uh, you know what I mean? Like just the wild Hell stuff yeah. like Jeff Hardy. I like uh, Jackass too. So I was just, yeah. into, I was just a wild child. <laughs> So I got into free running, gymnastics. Um, my, my interest was just across the board with the art. So, uh, mm. it, you know, and I, it was always instilled in my head that it was just supposed to be a hobby and there's no way to kind of have it as a career. So I felt a little bit lost in college. And then, you know, eventually I figured that I could um, keep my career as a creative just by keeping the hobbies. And then it kind of led me to meet other people and um, create a network, create a support, create the skills to kind of um, make a, a path into becoming who I am today. Mm. Dude, that's so, I, I love that you mentioned that because I know we, we talked about this a while back, but when I first met you, you were a wild child. I remember seeing you for the first time. I was like, this guy's cool, but he's also, I think he's a little bit crazy. I think he, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, bro, what, what the hell's going on with this guy? I mean, you know, 
when I first met you, you were known for climbing up for all the, the local uh, Chicago people here. Everyone knows Old Orchard is like that outdoor mall out in um, Skokie. And Rhino was known to scale, like literally climb the outdoor parking lot. And parking garage. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, the parking garage. I was like, what yeah. the heck? So like you were like since you since you were young, you were all you were already like this thrill seeker, right? And you you mentioned that and I know how big that is in the Filipino community. We want the, the parents want the best for us. They want us to be nurses or some kind of you know career that makes a lot of money, right? I, I get it. How did that make you feel though when you were kind of conflicting uh, uh, between becoming a creative versus pleasing our parents, which is what we're mostly taught is to take care of your parents, you know, listen to your parents, don't be a bad boy, go to school, make good friends, right? Right, right. How did it how make did, me feel? Yeah, so, how did how how did you deal with that? I mean, like, you know, of course it's a very disappointing, but you know, as a kid and you get told to do this kind of stuff, um, you know, it, it it's almost like law, you know, if mm. it, an adult says this. So yeah. I almost felt like for a long time, you know, being a creative always had somewhat of a timeline or it's something that you just have to keep in the, uh, you know, on the side while you have this career um, mm. when you're an adult. So, um, yeah, I mean, I guess that's why I was a wild child from like, you know, um, the grade school days, because I felt like I just had to accomplish it all while I was young, just have as much fun because, you know, when you become an adult, you kind of lose that uh, mm. chance. You know, as a child, yeah. this is a perspective, you know what I'm saying? So um, I love that. Yeah. I love that. And so then I, I know a little bit more of your story, but I, I don't want to I don't want to skip too far ahead. But I know you had a little bit, you know, you went a little bit into your healthcare career and you're doing some of the arts on the side. Tell people a little bit of how you managed to balance that in your life. Um, I'd say it's hard to even say balance because, you know, when you mm. have it on the side, it's, it becomes very imbalanced where, uh, you, you do sacrifice a lot of sleep. You sacrifice, a you know, it, it comes with a price. So mm -hmm. I would go to uh, college, I would go to my classes. Um, and I did, uh, take my CNA certificate at one point. Um, I worked at a, uh, uh, a health facility. Um, I applied as a CNA and ended up as a, an activity aid. So, um, mm -hmm. and I, I did a good job doing that. Um, I had them do a bunch of activities. Uh, we, we had them draw a lot. You know, I was known as being the artist over there too. And I was yeah. known to be a break dancer also. And sometimes <laughs> I would like entertain them with that. Uh, yeah. because you, it was you didn't have them doing flares or anything, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it was one of their, uh, you know, morning routines for exercise. <laughs> no, but uh, you know, it was a, it was a facility specialized. Like there, there's separate buildings, and the building I was at was specifically for the people with dementia and Alzheimer's. And mm. um, although I felt like I was good at what I did, um, it, it was emotionally draining, um, mm. especially as a creative. Um, not to say like. I don't know. It, it just felt like something was missing. I didn't want to do the medical field because I don't know, maybe I wasn't feeling like it was, I didn't resonate with it. 
because mm. when I came home from my nine to five or my part-time like hours or whatever, I would come home and I'm just like lethargic. But mm. the minute that I got a phone call or a text or it's part of my agenda where there's practice, breakdancing practice after work, oh man, like the, the life just came back to me, you know, and I'm just just as wired as if I drink like a few espressos. I would just go wow. go to practice after working a shift, after going to um, uh, my classes in the morning or whatever, I would just go to practice and I'd give it my all. And it didn't matter how tired I was. Like I, I didn't even, it didn't even, it felt like a different day when I went to class and work because by the time I'm over there, it's almost like a different life. And then mm. I would come home and then I would start painting again. And I would sleep at like three in the morning or something like that and wow. wake up the next day to kind of repeat that process. So, um, you know, when, when you lose track of time, it almost feels like that's what you should be doing for the rest of your life. And that's when it kind of like gave me the, uh, the, the, the kind of, um, revelation where I'm like, I can't, I, this is what I have to do. I have to do something for me to give my energy and, and feel fulfilled doing what I do because that's, that's, you, you know, I, I felt so alive and that's, yeah. that's how I felt like I should have carried my life's work kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you want to feel that every day type of feeling, right? Not just like when I'm doing this for two or three hours a day, like I want my whole life to be around enjoying every single day. Yeah. And I, I love that. And in a moment, I want to go deeper into that, but just to kind of piggyback what you're, what you're saying, I think it's so uh, I admire you for having that ability to recognize um, and have that high level of self-awareness to recognize like I'm doing this job or I'm going to school to, you know, be a good son, to follow uh, through with my parents' sacrifices and stuff. But at the same time, you had that understanding that there's something deeper, there's something bigger that you want to be a part of or you want to pursue. So, dude, I love where this conversation is going because it just leads exactly into what you're doing now. And from our conversation a few weeks back, what with the whole see me for who I am, not what I do, was like a whole nother level of like growth and understanding, which which we're going to touch on in a little bit. But walk me through that moment when you realized I got to chase my passions. Like I, I have to, like this nursing is, is just not for me. Yeah. Um, I remember being at one practice um, and I, of course I would come in and I would tell them, ah, oh, I'm feeling tired. I would still practice and I'd give it my all, but you know, I would, it's always a conversation where I'm like, ah, uh, like uh, when you see people, they're like, Hey, how you doing? I'm like, ah, I'm feeling lethargic. Lethargic was like mm. my word, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, Meaning like you, you just lack the energy, you know, you feel kind of drained mm -hmm. and, um, you know, that was a conversation. And then, you know, the, the place we were practicing at, at the time would, was this, uh, um, it was like an art center, you know, there was, they, mm -hmm. they were always given free books. Like there's a section with free books. There's a coffee place. It's like your recreational, like, um, art center. And I thought that mm -hmm. was like inspiring itself. And I felt like, Wow, like we're you know uh, th this was held. These practices were held by my crew phase too, 
And this almost like cultivated creativity, that was like almost the, the, the slogan of the uh, facility we practiced at. And um, it they would host events, they would host workshops uh, and uh, seminars, um, you know, practices. And it, mm -hmm. that whole like lifestyle, that whole like um, just lifestyle, that's why I was like, there, there's a facility that kind of cultivates that. And that should mean I, I should be able to kind of pursue that on another uh, level, you know? It doesn't mm -hmm. have to always be medical. It doesn't have to be this or that. Like, if you have, like, a gift or something that you're passionate about, you could kind of create this um, – place you could create a service you could create something to um give to other people did, did you hear me uh this sorry this no. just pops up randomly so <laughs> you're good no you're yeah. good man i love the flow that we're in so see dude she's not she's not gonna bother this man she can't <laughs> stop this she just wants to partake in the situation she's, she's like, like oh, well, yeah, I <laughs> can i add to that story please <laughs> so man that's so uh, I'm imagining what that's like. And, and remind me, and how old were you when, when this was going on? Um, I'd say maybe 19 or 20 because I started my apprenticeship at 21. And that's at the tattoo shop, right? This is at the tattoo shop, yeah. And then okay. around that period, I think it was a fork in the road where I'm either just – I was in community college. And um, I think I had the opportunity to – I got accepted to School of the Art Institute of Chicago. Uh, for a bachelor's in art education, because I thought mm. that was kind of, um, I don't know, what, what do you say? Like a more legitimized like career being a teacher or a final, I don't know. And then it was working between that because you get a paper for diploma and stuff like that. So I thought that's legitimized. Mm -hmm. And then I had the opportunity to um, become a, a tattoo apprentice. Um, it was, it was like a very, I can't say random because, you know, the dots kind of align for that event to be set up. Yeah. So it's not necessarily random, but it happened at that moment um, when I was accepted to this. And I was in the middle of class for community college and it was, you know, gen eds. And that's when I kind of just, I got the text and then I, it said, uh, you know, we're looking for apprentices, this and that. And then I, did not show up to, this was mid semester. And then I just did not show up to the rest of the semester uh, to, to, to start my apprenticeship. Really? I so, dropped everything. <laughs> so, okay. So let me just get this clear and, and paint this picture for people at home. You're in the middle of class, in the middle of a semester in your gen ed course, class, whatever. You get this text basically opening up the apprenticeship to you. And you basically just go, F it. I'm going to do this. And I'm not going to show up to the rest of the semester. And I'm just going to do this just like that. Right. So when my parents oh, thought I was wow. going to, for the rest of that semester, they thought I was going to uh, class, but I was actually mm -hmm. going to the, my apprenticeship. Yeah. <laughs> Dang. Okay. Okay. I like that. Okay. So you're just coming home every day with a new tattoo and they're like, what are they teaching you in school? <laughs> oh man. Well, I wasn't getting tattooed necessarily. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just learning, but um, yeah, yeah, that's how it happened. And uh, so how long did that go for? How long did you 
um, did you live that, I guess, lifestyle? I was an apprentice for two years. And this tattoo shop was open from, well, I had to be there at 11 a.m. and closed at 2 p.m. Uh, no, it opened at 11. I had to be there at 10 a.m. And then um, there, uh, it was open until 2 a.m. So if I would work two shifts that, like, there, there's two shifts. There's, like, you know, day shift, night shift. If I were to work the day shift and night shift, I would be there from 11 to 2 in the morning and then kind of repeat that process. How long that? So you did that for two years, 11 to 2 in the morning. Uh, yeah, but not for the not, most part, not every single day, of course. Right, um, some, right, right. Days. And oh, yeah, for the first year of my apprenticeship, I still worked my part time job. And at this point, I was working a mall job. So um, I'd have a routine of going to um, to work at the mall. And then I would get off, go straight to the apprenticeship. Um, and in order for me to work that nighttime uh, night shift, I, you know, I'd work in the day for the um, for the mall job, go to the apprenticeship, and then mm -hmm. end up finish up at two in the morning. But that's only when they closed. The shop closed at two in the morning, so I had to clean up after it closed. Wow. Um, sometimes people would continue tattooing, and the rule is the apprentice has to be there as long as the tattooer is tattooing. Um, and uh, so wow. there were days where I'd get out at four in the morning, five in the morning. Five was probably like the, the latest or earliest, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Look that. at it. And then come back to work. So there were days of that. That was my, yeah. And then after my first year, I quit my part-time job just to do my apprenticeship, like, the you know, the whole way through. So, I mean, you're putting in like freaking 16 18 hour days it sounds like yeah i, I don't think i counted my hour <laughs> yeah but i guess uh, <laughs> I, I, i'm just i'm just, I'm just <laughs> guesstimating right now right but it sounds like you're putting like the whole like most of your time was dedicated to this craft mastering this craft and and if i can ask why tattooing um I guess at the time that was the closest thing i knew and had my foot in the door to become an artist and make a living making money, you know? Mm. So, um, but also it turned out to be that route because I mean, this is kind of a complicated story, but this is kind of a seed I planted in the past. So when I wanted to pursue art, like I would kind of, you know, uh, open up a bunch of doors, a bunch of, you know, I guess like a, a thread of opportunities. And one of mm. them was, um, uh, he, he's the one that taught me how to tattoo. His name is Angel. He used to be married to my cousin. Now at okay. the time when I asked him, I, I don't think my cousins or him rather like didn't want me to be an apprentice because it's kind of tough seeing uh, a relative kind of go through that because an apprenticeship is, um, at least over there. It wasn't, it wasn't, um, it's not butterflies or, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, tough. it's hard work. It's, it's really tough. It's almost like, ah, it's tough. That's yeah. all I'm going to say, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you're just at the low end of the totem pole and mm -hmm. it's kind of tough to uh, put a relative through that. So um, they ended up separating at some point. Mm -hmm. And um, so that, that message that I got during my class 
this is by the time like they're separated and he's back and he's working. Um, he actually, it wasn't a text, but he commented on one of my posts on Instagram. Now this post on Instagram, this is when I was at the library and I picked up a bunch of different books because again, I'm trying to open up these doors. I'm trying to create this thread of opportunity. One of the books was, um, uh, a tattooing book. Another one was like textiles. Another one was like comic book. Uh, another one, it's just, you know, art, like work, mm -hmm. what, what can I do to, to be a legitimized working artist? And he saw mm. the tattoo book. He commented, hey, when you see our shop is now accepting apprentices, uh, come in with your, your art portfolio and delete this comment when you see it. And, uh, you know, uh, ask for uh, this person and call this number, etc." So I deleted the whole post. And I... And again, this is a fork in the road when I actually had a portfolio to go to an art school. So I came in with mm. that and that portfolio looked similar to the doodles that you, you, you remember me uh, kind of making during the, yeah, the high yeah, school yeah. days, you know, it's yeah. a mix of that, a little bit of abstract, a little bit of, I don't know what you, it, it just didn't look like tattoo art at all. Mm -hmm. And, um, I came in with that because I just had to go like that. That was my, that was my right there. That was like, Hey, you gotta be here. Come in with what you got. That's what I had. I didn't know anything about tattooing. And I remember at the time when I showed it, the bosses kind of looked at it, sifted through and man, like if I was there today, like me to look at my past self's portfolio, I was like, nah, not this. No, I don't know about yeah. this guy doesn't know anything. It, it looked nothing like tattoos. It didn't look, some of it was like school. So I would like doodle in the middle of class on notebooks. So you would see some ripped out, like, you know, <laughs> sketches from like college with like coffee stains on it, whatever. Yeah, that's funny. That's funny. But you, so you had to do what you got to do. Right. Exactly. Like you, you, you in, in your mind, maybe you didn't have like that clear textbook definition of, a, of what a portfolio was supposed to be. But at one point or another, we all start with some kind of ripped out pages of our portfolio. Our resume is blank as hell. Like when I first became a cop, I, I, I looked at my own resume and I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't even hire me. <laughs> no, man. Like this, this guy, no degree, no, no, not a whole life, a whole lot of life experience. But again, that was what I had. That's what I had to work with. And at one point, you got to take that shot and, and take that shot on yourself. Go all in on you and just F it. Let's let's just let's go forward. This is what we got. You know what? I, I think in a lot of cases, you, you should enter in a clean slate and a little bit of ignorance because that's how you kind of shape someone without like them having to create that coming in with bad habits from what they thought that field was supposed to be. You kind of go in with like, uh, oh, like with, with just like open arms and just learning everything as is. You kind of go in and you learn it from actual people rather than your own ego kind of understanding it yes i was just thinking the same thing like i love that man i don't think i've ever heard anyone phrase it like that like come in with a clear slate or a clean slate and a little bit of ignorance yeah 
Yeah. That's, you know, I like that. There, there's like no that. way. I feel like you, you create ego by entering like a, let's say a tattoo shop. And what if I came in and like, Oh, I know everything about tattoos or, Oh yeah, I read this and that. Like you kind of come in and in some cases you might come off as a threat for some people because like oh, this, mm. this know it all or, Oh man, I don't, you know, this guy's like just trying to, you know, he thinks he knows everything and like, you just got to kind of come in and you, you got to have, humility there has to be some sort of humility for you to be like i don't know i don't know this i want to mm -hmm. learn let me learn this oh what's that you know you have to ask the questions rather than say you know and assume that you have the answers kind of thing i i, mm. I went in just as like so green i went in so green i was so i i barely had tattoos i didn't even look like i should have worked there you know <laughs> i i had like two tattoos but none of them like we're really showing and I was very eager to get covered up. But my mentor was like, just wait, like, don't, don't get covered. I, I know you want to look like a tattooer, but just wait, you know, get my approval before you get any tattoos, you know? And like, and that, that, that changed everything. There, there's a lot of patience involved with rather than trying to jump the gun and become a tattooer overnight. It, it took two years of my apprenticeship and even a lot of learning afterwards, I'm still learning today. So it's, I still come into work with a little bit of humility because I still don't know. I think it takes like three lifetimes to really understand Japanese tattooing and it's like history, it's culture, you know? Wow. Oh my God. Dude, there's so many different ways we can take this right now. Cause there's all these ideas and questions in my head. One thing I'm so impressed by you is, and I mentioned it earlier in this podcast is your commitment to your craft. You're mastering your craft. It's one of the things that it's a sign of greatness, right? It, greatness is not just one. It's not just something we can do. It's, it's not just one person that can do a whole bunch of different things. It's one person that's mastered to do that one thing really, really well. You know, with that quote that um, comes from Bruce Lee, and I think I'm going to butcher it, but it's like, I uh, fear the man who's not. Uh, oh, damn it. I'm fucking this one up. <laughs> It's not about the man who's put, done a thousand different punches. It's the man that's practiced one punch or one cake, whatever, a thousand times. Yes. And yes. that's like an over like simplification of what, what it is. But that's the, the mindset of mastery is not multitasking. It's how well can you commit to one thing, one thing, and just be so damn good at your art and your craft. Right. One thing that you had said was about this Japanese art and how you study it and how you just immersed yourself in it. What what does that what that what has that done for your career as a tattoo artist um, by immersing yourself in your craft like so deeply? Because there's some really interesting things that uh, people can learn from from this focus, this laser focus. So. Um Specializing in Japanese tattooing, I mean, already itself, like the word Japanese tattooing, like I'm not Japanese. And uh, mm -hmm. I struggle with a little bit of imposter syndrome just specializing in this as well. But I want to mm -hmm. do it just as well, like j just as good, you know, like just for what I am, I want to do the best I can. And, um, you know, it, there's, it's more than just the artwork. It's more than just tattooing i think it has a lot to do with its culture a lot to do with uh you know its tradition a lot of people think the word traditional tattoos is a style but it's not it's the word tradition 
the word people forget tradition. It's that's what it is. It's not a style. It's tradition. So um, in in mm. understanding that, I I try my best to throw my ego aside and forget and 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 not even put my style into this work. And I think a lot of people struggle in Japanese tattooing because of that, because everyone wants to have their style, especially in America. Mm. Everyone's trying to put their make their, their 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 fingerprint into society. Everyone's trying to stand out. Everyone's trying to be, um, you know, the, the person. Everyone's trying to be famous, you know, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I had to throw – so, again, I had abstract style. I, I thought I wanted to have my style, but I threw all that away. And, you know, if you ever see any of my artwork, it's not something I came up with. It's something that has always been a part of Japanese tattooing. I didn't invent koi fish tattoos. I didn't invent a hania mask. I didn't invent um, these, uh, you know, um, warriors. I didn't invent any of that. It's just something that's been a part of the folklore. It's something that's been a part of their culture. And I have nothing to do with that i'm just kind of trying to carry on that tradition but here's okay here's another quote that i i just love it's we're all just pygmy standing on the shoulders of giants and we just think we're standing so tall so mm. we're all just small people just standing on the shoulders of giants we're, we're so small and i'm just kind of piggybacking off of the masters of art of Japanese tattooing. And I'm kind of just looking at what they did and carrying that. And th those are the shoulders of giants. There's people that already created this style and I, I have nothing to do with it. I'm just standing on the shoulders of giants. Oh my goodness. I love that quote, man. I, I That totally plays into why I believe you've been successful in your craft. A lot of people nowadays, especially in the personal development space, they'll like say a quote where they've, it's just something they've read in a book and they just like reworded it to make it sound like they said it for the very first time. And it's just, it's what I love about what you're saying is you're paying homage to the OGs. You're paying homage to the culture, the art of where it came from. You're not over here saying like, I created all this where the reality is even my content, right? The stuff that I put out. Like people are like, oh, it's very original or they may think I'm the first one to said it. Maybe it's because it's the first time they heard it, but I'm just some, I'm just a, you know, combination of all the things I've learned in the past and all those things from the past is from one person or another or another or another. And then it all comes, it combines into who we, who I am today, who we are today. What I love about you is you're actually out there saying like, yeah, this is from the past. This is this. The, the, from the first quote that you initially had started like that kind of being in the middle. I love that because everyone's always trying to lead from the front, but realistically they don't even know what the hell happened in mm -hmm. the past. They exactly. haven't put in the time to master the craft and know what the origins of this art or this mm -hmm. craft is. They just jump right in think they can, you know, stand and bang with the big boys, but no. I think that is a huge reflection on your character and your wisdom. Dude, I love that about you, man, because uh, it, it's one of the reasons why I believe you are finding so much success in your craft.
So let me let me ask you this. There's so many other questions, but let me ask you this. What has this taught you outside of tattooing, outside of art? What has this taught you about your life and how you create um, what we call what we called balance? Because I loved I loved your perspective on this, and I want you to kind of touch on um, basically the quote that we we were talking about, like "See me for who I am, not what I do." Mm -hmm. Well, that's a really good question. I mean, I think just going through life itself already teaches you about life, and <laughs> yeah, 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 right. Um, but you know, the balance thing. Uh, I guess it's. A, a large part of my, the beginning of my career was me just trying to be a great tattooer. And I mm -hmm. feel like, again, there's like, when you, when you pursue that, there's something's going to give, you know, something's got to give. And there's a little bit of sacrifice that goes along with that as well. Right. And, right. um, you know, you, you know, that, that could come from spending time with, uh, your 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 family or your girlfriend or sleep or something like that you know that a lot of things sacrifice because of your pursuit for something for your passion or whatever so i mean if there's anything that i've learned i'd say it's to be mindful of the other things around you i feel like when you start becoming so laser pointed so like tunnel vision towards this one thing you you just kind of you, you, you see in a tunnel and then you just forget everything around you. You just mm. got to kind of be a little bit aware of that. I think, you know, I don't know if that answers your question. <laughs> no, it, it totally does, man. It, it's actually something that resonates. Um, with my clients that listen to these podcasts, they, it's something that I've taught them. It's like this ebb and flow, right? It's, it's, um, I did a podcast on it like a few months back. Yeah. Plan for the long term, but operate in the short term because mm. it's this idea of having structure, having a plan and kind of having that long term played out, but having the adaptability and, you know, um, being moldable and adaptable to what's happening now. Mm -hmm. It's this ebb and flow. You know, it's not always focused. It's not always big thinking. Because if you're only focused every single time, you got your head down, you're laying down the bricks, you're kind of missing all the details up here. But if you're only looking up here and you're not looking down on the details, you're laying a crooked ass road. Right. So it's this, this idea of long-term planning, short-term operating. So you got to look down, focus on your work, but also look up and make sure you're still headed in the right direction. Uh, I love that. Yeah, just kind of have a little bit of clarity after like just staring at one thing. Just look around you and kind of be like, oh, you know, like just be aware of your surroundings. One hundred percent. And and you know, to to add on to this topic, uh, you when you are focusing on your skill and your career or whatever, you are you are building your skill upon that, but you are neglecting a skill in elsewhere, a skill to mm. be sociable, a skill. At, to to create a good home life, a skill to do this yes. and that. You know, there there's it's not always about the skill in your work. There's skill like everywhere else, and uh, you you definitely got to work on that as well. So I guess that's where the balance comes in. Yeah, and you you said it beautifully when you were saying um, 
creating crafting your lifestyle is a craft itself yes and i was I like I... damn you did say that I'm, i told you man i got yeah. you i got you <laughs> but this idea of treating your lifestyle your day-to-day -day, your schedule like that is a craft in itself yes like the way you mastered or you're a, you, you know you're mastering i should say because we never really mastered it yet to say that you've i've mastered life is kind of like check mark done right yeah. you know when yeah. we're in the middle it's always a constant process of mastering but as you as you are mastering your lifestyle your schedule just like you said if you're doing a by default you can't do b and c mm -hmm. but if you're over here trying to do a b and c how well are you really mastering any one of them right right I feel like sometimes it, it, it is a road to self-sabotage because there is, um, and I'm talking about like just being so laser focused on your career. It could be yeah. a little bit of a self-sabotage because you do sacrifice a lot of parts within you, your, your, yeah. your, your mental health, your, your home health, you know, sometimes you'll notice you're not really taking care of what's going on at home because you just want to work, work, work. That's, that's mm -hmm. so imbalanced in my opinion. And I feel like it's, I don't know. I, I think it was so common. It's common because it's almost glorified in an entrepreneurial mm -hmm. artist. Anyone that like wants to, you know, it's, it's so glorified to just not sleep and work all the time and live an yeah. unbalanced life. And I, I, I'd like to try to demystify that i want to you know i think it's important to take care of everything else it's when when you're so laser focused on something and then you have a small bit of error for example an artist they'll be like oh man i'm i didn't like what i did today you know in a sense you that's part of your identity you become your mistake because mm. that's all you live for you, you are that mistake and you identify mm. with that and then you feel like you're a failure because you made a a fail you know, mm, mm -hmm. so if you make a fail, you become a failure. And, and, and because you're an artist only, that's your whole, your whole day is ruined. You can't separate yourself from that. You, 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 because that's all you are. You can't go home and like, just like turn, turn off work. You know, you can't uh, clock out. That's all you think about. You have to, mm. you know, and everyone's around you trying to like, you know, oh yeah, you want to hang out, or oh yeah, I you know let's have date night, or oh you want to visit the family, this and that. Like, there's so much other things that you could put your mind on, but you're so, um, so immersed in that world that you don't even see everything around you because you're just kind of dug yourself in that hole. Yeah. Oh, dude. I you know what that that hits me deep, bro. Because that's how I was when I was a cop. When I was a cop, I was so dedicated to my craft, my identity of being like a badass warrior. Like I would be working, um, what, what, were we, what hours were we working? We were working 12 and a half hour shifts, right? Three 12 and a half hour shifts. So yeah, um, people were like, oh, that's, that's, that's awesome. Three days, I'm like, mm, no, I'm not gonna get into that. But when I was at work, I was obviously focused at work. When I was off work, I was still focused at work. You know, like, even my days off, the things I spent my time on were so that I can be a better police officer, was so that I can make the SWAT team, was so that I can be a better shooter, a better, you know, I, I, I was more fit. I was, it was always 
around this identity of becoming a warrior. And here's the thing I realized, man gave me that title. And when man took it away, I was fucked because my whole life was built around this title. I sacrificed. I moved from Chicago to California. I left, you know, my fiance and we, we did this whole long distance thing for a while. And I left my family and I pursued this. Now, on the flip side, I am so grateful that I did because it's taught me what sacrifice meant. And I'm not going to go too much into detail about this. I'm sure at another podcast we'll talk about it, but I was so dedicated to my craft that my marriage almost failed because I was willing, I was, that's one of the things I was willing to sacrifice. Maybe like I didn't say it out loud, but my actions and everything else. Yeah. I don't care about that. I'm focused on my career. Mm. And then the minute that title was gone, it was like, Whoa, who am I? Right. Right. So I love how you you get this at such a young age and you're already applying it to your life. Yeah. And you do that, thank, that's awesome. Thank you. Um oh. Sorry. Siri came you're up. Good. <laughs> She's I, like, I and one more thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so curious to what's like uh triggering for her to just pop up we, we must be hitting a lot of good points over here <laughs> yeah not not today satan or siri whoever <laughs> um yeah you know i think a lot of hard lessons are learned through difficult experiences like that so mm. um you know we, we we're only able to talk about this because we went through it i think yes. it's a lot different than someone that hasn't been through it at all and be like, Oh, you know, like that's really the Sounds case. nice. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Hey, listen to this before I, I remember, I forgot how many years ago this was, but you, you texted me or something. You wanted to just check up on me. I think this is yeah. when uh, you uh, did started your podcast or something, or mm. I forgot, I forgot, but this is before the last time we spoke before uh, we saw each other at Walmart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh you we we had a very brief conversation on facebook and you're like oh how you been man and i'm like oh i'm i'm busy busy i'm always working something like that you remember that i, I, I think forgot so. what i said but i said uh oh man i i got a lot going on i'm just i'm just always busy you know i got the, you know and then i i think uh, you responded in a way where you're like hey i just want to let you know that it's not always about being busy all the time and I think at that point in my life, that was when I was so laser focused. I'm like, ah, oh, you don't understand. Like, you know, yeah. I gotta do all this, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, it, it takes an amount of experiencing it rather than hearing it from someone else. Because now I understand, oh, that's what he was talking about. It, that's what he was talking about. Like I was, you know, but yeah. I'm also proud of going through that because I think, I mean, you know, when you do go through that, you do develop a skill where, um, I think I said this in the last podcast, but like with the uh, Pablo Picasso when uh, he drew, I don't know if it's him or someone else, but he drew a portrait of someone doing street art. He do a portrait and he did it maybe in like 10, 15, 30 minutes. And then he said the price. And then the person that like took the commission, he was like, hey, um, you only drew it for this much time for 30 minutes. Why are you charging me this much? 
And then he would respond, I'm not charging you for the 30 minutes that I drew it. I'm charging you for the lifetime that it took me to be able to draw that in 30 minutes. Mm. So there, you know, there, there is some stuff that we can take from our struggle from, you know, working so hard because I feel like I made my job currently a lot easier because I feel like I could draw stuff very fast now. Um, but with that, I also, at that point in my life, I, 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 you know, I was so laser focused that I did, you know, neglect maybe other skills in my life, but it, it was to that, that did carry over to where I am currently. Oh, I love that. Uh, that quote or that story right there. I love that too, man. One of the things I, I want to respect your time because we're, we're, we're running short on time here. Um, okay. But I love where, where we're at with this podcast. Let me ask you, what was, how did, how different did it feel to operate when you were like head down, grind, grind, grind mentality versus now where you're actually working less hours but just like you said a few minutes ago, your your art and your drawings has just been better. Yeah. C compare and contrast like the feelings of that and 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 really what do you think the, the difference maker was? Well, oh man, it's hard to speak for myself at that time because I'm not going through emotions now. Mm. But at the time, well, currently, I feel like my life is so balanced now because I could work less hours because I could do a drawing a lot faster than I did back then when I was head on the, you know, my nose mm -hmm. to the grindstone in a sense that I, I, in a sense I was investing my skill then for my life mm -hmm. to be easier now. And that's not something mm -hmm. I, I think it's something that I only realize now, you know? <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. But, yeah. But yeah, I could draw like a full sleeve, like in a day now, but at the time I think I'd have to look at a few books, look at this and that, do my research this and that um so it's it i feel like you know it gave you the ability to collapse time yes. i think that's what great people do is people who have achieved greatness right it, people learn how to take 24 hours and make it seem like they've accomplished 48 hours worth of work mm -hmm. and it's that ability to control your focus and it's true you do have to there's times where you have to put your head down and grind and lay down bricks, but you, you'll never be able to fully appreciate looking up and turning around, seeing all the bricks you've laid. If you haven't really started from day one and put your head down and commit to something. I think a lot of people will kind of put their head down, lay a few bricks here, put their head up like, eh, whatever. I, I, I quit. I'll stop. Then put their head down again, a few bricks here. And it's just like this endless, not getting anywhere, spinning your wheels. And it's like, oh, this whole entrepreneur thing isn't for me. But it's it's the great ones that understand like when I chase my passion and I pursue my passion and my calling to give whatever service or product to the world and be the de the, the the best damn person I can be, you just show up differently. Would absolutely. you agree? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh yeah, you know, I think everything in life happens, you know, when you struggle, when you, you know, uh, maybe just focus on your career when you, you know, even where we're at currently, you know, I think uh, mm -hmm. it, it all falls into place. I think everything yeah. really happens the way it should, you know? <laughs> yeah, it, it, it does, man. And, and 
you won't really be able to say you understand that until you're going through it or you've gone through it. Yeah. Because this is stuff that when you read it in a book and it makes you feel all nice and stuff, but realistically, without any real experience behind it, it's just nice words. Yeah. Empty. It's just empty. Absolutely. It's a so, hard pill to swallow. Yeah. yeah. It's humbling. It's humbling. But, mm -hmm. bro, man, I, I loved this conversation, man. This was actually, um, I think this was better than our last few ones just because we were able to go in there and just share straight from the heart and it went a lot smoother and I love that, man. So thank you for being on the show. Thank you for sharing. I know like a little bit of your story. Um, how can people get a hold of you? How can they follow you and, and what you're doing? Um, well, my uh, tattoo account is uh, right over here, rhino underscore 108. Um, and then, I mean, you could also reach my personal Instagram, Rhinel Tabama. Uh, that's R-I-N-E-L-T-A-B-A-M-O. And uh, my email is uh, rhinotattoo at gmail.com, R-H-Y-N-O-T-A-T-T-O-O -O at gmail.com. Awesome. Awesome. And if there's a lasting thought, if there's the person listening right now who's still kind of in that fork in the road, or they're getting close to that fork in the road that, where they may have to make that de decision of follow my passions or follow what everyone else is telling me. What would be that one thing you would tell that person right now? Be intuitive. If that's how you feel like you, your life should go, then you should follow that. But also be educated in the direction that you're going. Find your mentors, read your books do your research. You can't just dive in and not understand. I mean, you, you, you <laughs> that, that contradicts my whole like ignorant kind of thing, yeah. you know? <laughs> but you just got to be prepared for the moment and just have, just be intuitive, you know, just go in. <laughs> yeah. 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 You, you just got to pick, pick a side and go with it. You got to go with it. and go with it, explore it. And, and yeah. like, be prepared to, you know, in the book, Think and Grow Rich, they talk about burning the ships. Yes. You have to be able to burn the ships in order to fully commit. Whether you go left or you go right, commit, burn the ships, and go all in. Right. Yeah. I think books was a huge part of my my uh, my career, you know, how, how it got me to be where I'm at. Like, and that goes again with finding mentors and reading books. You have to, mm -hmm. you know, you're not the only one that really been on that path. You, you know, nothing's new under the sun. You, you didn't make right. up all these advice so many, they see that books are almost autobiographical and mm. you, you, you get advice from each book that you read. You get advice from your mentors. So absorb as much as that and then move into your career and, you know, that's, that's where you just have to be intuitive. You just got to be obsessed with, with what you love. Mm, I love that. I love that. Rhino, thank you, brother. Thank you for being on the show. And I'm looking forward to doing this again. Hey, likewise. Thanks for having me, Angela. All right, brother. Thank you, man. Hey, what's going on, everybody? I hope that you enjoyed the show. Make sure you follow me at AngeloLilock.com. That's A-N-G-E-L-O. L-I-L-O-C. You'll receive our weekly newsletters, any updates, any events, giveaways, all that kind of stuff every week straight to your inbox. All right. We want to make sure that it's easy and convenient for you. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you.